Mercer, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife's podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And uh, this is episode 35. We're recording this a little later than usual on Sunday. Because, uh, well, it's we're unique being from New England in that it's Sunday in September. And we don't give a shit about football in any way. Yeah. I mean, most people are right now. I don't even know. Do the Patriots have a day game? Or I know they were at home. I don't know. Because all the traffic, <laughs> all the traffic reports said to stay the hell away from Route One in Foxborough. If only had a device that connected to the internet. That's crazy. <laughs> That's just insane. Tell nobody, me such things. Nobody could have that. But so yeah, I mean, it, everybody around us is either at the local bar, which makes it insufferable for for us to get to. Well, there's a score. So it was. It was. Uh, I guess we won. Sixteen to nine. What we? I have no love for the. The Raiders. I, I just don't care about the Patriots. Uh, football's not my game because you know, we're in our early 40s, and when we were in high school, if you wore a Batman shirt to school, you were not going to be involved with a local football team. So it's not a thing that I paid any attention to. Yeah. I was in high school band, so I was at all the football games, but I was trying desperately to somehow get laid wearing a fucking wool uniform with a plume in my hat it didn't work out i yeah i wasn't gonna ask but <laughs> yeah uh, what you don't hear me whimpering in my sleep <laughs> waking up <laughs> screaming when i think back to that's why you flail yeah get off <laughs> get off me no i uh, get on me anybody <laughs> christ's sake that doesn't explain the flailing unless unless you did it like kermit the frog when you were in high school <laughs> i didn't do it at all in high school I was not a popular human being in high school. There are many people who look back fondly on their high school years. I am not one of them. You will catch me at a reunion yeah, <laughs> somewhere from a high place with a high-powered <laughs> rifle. So, so, yeah, we're just not football people, so it's just kind of been yeah, an indolent day. That's a good word. Which I spent a chunk of it, as usual, bagging and boarding comic books i'm getting there it's getting close but otherwise i uh i spent a chunk of the day i, I mentioned last week I, I found star hunters yeah yeah you did from 1977 <laughs> dc's answer to star wars how'd that go <laughs> i gotta tell you it, it brought back memories to read it um <laughs> it's very much of its time <laughs> uh you know the 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 captain for the first couple of issues is this uh, this woman, Darcy Vale, who clearly, clearly everyone involved, David Michelini, and I never pronounce his name right. He was the writer, but clearly wrote it. It's like, oh, definitely very much a you know, 1970s, a women's liber, oh so to speak. But as a dude writing in the 70s, clearly going, God, if I can only get to issue 12, <laughs> all she needs is a deep dicking from Donovan Flint. If we could just get her that far. That'll cure her. Because eventually she's brought low and everybody has to follow Donovan Flint anyway. And it, clearly he was going for, I want Star Wars with enough Star Trek 
to to get both camps and if I could chuck in some 2001 a space odyssey because <laughs> yeah there's the, there's no oh, I don't even remember that I just read it today there's no monolith but there's a pyramid in like an atomic symbol that's flying around that's motivating everything that's going on it's just I blame drugs there probably were drugs involved <laughs> Because, yeah, Donovan Flint at one point gets killed, and this thing brings him back to life and gives him a headband. <laughs> gives him a whole, oh, new, yeah. whole new uniform, the new uniform. And now big... he's a deep dicking. <laughs> <laughs> they don't establish how he was brought back to life. <laughs> the alien pyramids are well known to probe, ask Whitley Schreiber. But, but yeah, it comes back with this big... Czech Brothers jumpsuit with a wide-open shirt showing his chest hair and a a Rambo headband (laughs) well ahead of his time. And, uh, yeah, the the first spaceship looks exactly... The Sunrider. Yeah, the Sunrider looks exactly like the Enterprise, and that blows up. So the (laughs) Sunrider, too, of course, looks exactly like the Millennium Falcon. And the thing that struck (laughs) me is this was the 70s, so clearly they had to at least imagine kids in the audience, in the reading audience, Jesus Christ! the The doctor is a just a savage drunk, <laughs> just drinking like during surgery. God, was it me? It's <laughs> doctor. <laughs> I told you to keep your fingers out of there. But uh, but yeah, and, and some real horrific elements early. I really think from having reread the first issue, Alan Moore must have read it because there was this space creature. <laughs> There was this semi-sentient goo that found a skeleton and animated it and brought it back to life. Oh, God, was it me? <laughs> I see you yawning <laughs> over there. I'm not convinced you're alive right now. Probably should have taped this earlier, but... Eh, a little whiskey will fix this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get to it, but you know, I've got my three beers. This is a three-beer show. Ooh. We've established <laughs> an hour and a half and or three beers. When that's done, we're finished. <laughs> But it it holds up relatively well. It, it starts to fall apart apart toward the end. The first couple issues are are very much a yeah. It's a Star Wars style group with these extra elements thrown in. Then it sort of feels like it, it was never more than bi monthly anyway. But it feels yeah. like the the numbers probably weren't there. So it's oh, let's try new stuff and oh shit, we did this thing so they can never return to Earth. We better get them back to Earth pretty quick because this just isn't working. And uh, I'm missing the seventh issue, uh, and it's. But I went online and looked it up. In the seventh <laughs> issue, by the seventh, the first issue, which actually was before issue one, it was like a DC presents or summon or something. It was. Uh, they did something genetic to the whole crew, so if they return to Earth, they're going to die. So they can't possibly return to Earth by the seventh <laughs> issue. Yeah, let's get them back to Earth. So yeah, apparently they get down and. Uh, one of them gets killed, and then Donovan Flint is marooned, trying to figure out how to escape Earth before he's mutated, and <laughs> that's it. It ends. Now we'll never know. Yeah, even all the DC Wikia articles say, yeah, nobody knows what happens. <laughs> I'm sure Jeff Johns will eventually take an interest in it, and it'll be ret- resurrected. <laughs> Somehow I doubt it. I, I, I think this podcast <laughs> is the only thought any human being has given to Star Hunters in 18 to 22 years. 
<sighs> the most interesting thing, and it's always cool going through those old books, is, you know, huh, can I still order an I'm with stupid t-shirt from this P.O. box in Bayonne, <laughs> New Jersey? And can this, I still get it for a nickel? Yeah, this is a remarkably reasonable <laughs> price for itching powder and x-ray specs. <laughs> Uh, indeed, I'm a child. Sell me a BB gun. <laughs> sea monkeys? There was this fucking sea monkeys. Of course ad. there was. Of course there was. There was an ad on the back for, you remember the super siren? Yeah. The thing you stuck on your bike? Yep. That had, yeah, the ad was a cartoon. I haven't seen it in years. Little Jimmy or something rides behind a neighbor who's backing out of his driveway without looking up. And the, the guy narked on the kid to his mom and said, you can't ride a bike anymore. Yet somehow the kid makes it to downtown and sees the super siren. Because there's good parenting happening there. Exactly. And he's got the money to buy it himself because apparently, <laughs> you know, he, he's using that bike to mule meth or blow or no, something. No, no, no. He's using the, the, mic, uh, the, the bike to run around and sell copies of True Grit, which I'm sure were also ads for there were, somewhere in, fact, in there. <laughs> ads for Grit. And, for uh, Grit, yeah. True Grit. Whatever. Grit. Whatever seed company or yeah. something was the uh, the I, other one. I used to sell the, the the cards. That that actually was a thing. The the greeting cards. It was greeting Christmas. cards. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there were a bunch of things, but that was one of the options, and I I I did that. I never got to do it. I would show my dad. Look, I just need uh, Jesus Christ. Did we'll get you a transistor radio for Christmas? You're not going to. Do it I got anymore. the radio. I got the radio and uh, roller skates. <laughs> they were shitty roller skates. I'm sure it was a spectacular radio though. <laughs> It, it worked. <laughs> Would you have to plug it with clips to your radiator? No, it, it took like a nine volt battery, um, and it, it worked fine. But the the um, oh, and I got a Mister Microphone. Which was oh, useful God. because I would use it with the radio because you had to point it at a radio as to make it be the speaker for the Mister Microphone. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were a, a nuisance <laughs> with a microphone, even yeah, as a small child. Yes, yes, I was. And All right. but but the roller skates were magnificently shitty. Um, they were the kind that would you had to strap them onto your sneakers. So oh, that's glorious. Did they have a key? No, no. They they had um, like straps with buckles. So, you know, this was basically a broken ankle waiting to happen at any given time. And then I discovered, and nobody suggested this to me when I said, I'm going to get roller skates. We had the most pothole-ridden, fucking no-infrastructure street out in the backwater of where I lived. So there was no place to really use the roller skates. Our our deck was like wooden planks with gaps in between, so that was out. (laughs) Uh, Our our driveway was dirt, and and the road was just just pothole paradise. So, (laughs) did did you leave him on your neighbor's steps so he could bust his neck like Mister Wilson? No, Amanda the Menace. Yeah, no, that never occurred to me. I I would occasionally try to like use them downstairs in our basement, which was covered in in concrete and cement. but it was just such a, a rat hole of like hoarding level three of like old magazines and shit my parents didn't throw out that that wasn't really viable either. So <laughs> it was like the thing I was the most excited about in the world that turned out to be fucking useless. <laughs> That's basically everything in the 70s you could possibly get out of a comic book, often including the plot. <laughs> but, oh God, they had one of the hostess ads in one of them, the <laughs> Superman one with the falling elevator. Oh, excellent. And everybody on it is... Su- the punctuation in every word balloon in every comic book published in the 1970s, every sentence ended with an exclamation point. Every single one. <laughs> except for the ones in these hostess ads. Yeah. Which just made the lack of affect 
even more baffling. People are in this falling elevator. I want to get off, period. I am afraid, period. (laughs) It's like you pulled the elevator out of the Thorazine ward of a mental hospital. Superman showing up to save it. I will save you. Who has my check? (laughs) Eat these hostess pies and shut your head, you (laughs) filthy psychotics. We will get you the help that you need. These have sugar. They will help you. (laughs) Yeah, it's... The ads and you know it's it's also weird looking at those old books because really seventy seven seventy eight was before the direct market really yeah so everything was still you know spinner racks yeah. and newsstands so the number of little classified ads of I've got a quarter million Marvel comics I'll send you a catalog that I mimeographed <laughs> send a nickel plus a stamp to. My mom really wants me to get these out of the basement. I yeah. roller skate. But that was the <laughs> comics trade back then. You got them new or, yeah, just these people had them and fans would go back and forth. Yeah. You know, my parents would no more let me send a nickel. To <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted all those old books. You couldn't get trade paperbacks back then. True. So, yeah, I'd see these things with old books. It wasn't until Mile High Comics started putting actual price guides. They'd have price guide ads that were like mm. double-page spreads of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of books that really, so, okay, these actually have value and you can get individual books. Yeah, but by then a couple stores had opened up, so I only ever mailed ordered, mail ordered one or two books. By then I was old enough. Yeah. My parents said, you've got your own account and your own checks. You want to be defrauded by some <laughs> spastic pre-internet I don't <laughs> predator? Think I, ever, I don't think I ever partook of the mail order. Yeah, like I said, I only did one or two in like the early 80s. I don't even remember what I got at this point. They're... It'll probably refresh my memory when I come across them as I catalog all these books, but that's a sad thing. I, I, I passed 11,500 today. Oh, jeez. I'd be one of those people with yeah. a classified <laughs> ad. Another classified ad. Dress as Batgirl or come to my house. I'll give you a nickel and a stamp. Oh, boy. <laughs> Sometimes going down memory lane with these books is not the best thing for your sanity. No. We've already established I'll be in a high place with a rifle at my high school reunion. I'll be over here with my sea monkeys selling greeting cards. Yeah, uh, it did kill me. There was a sea monkeys hat in there. <laughs> there for titles. All right. Just passing stuff back and forth here. Uh, so, yeah, it's with with no football, and I don't go outside unless I have to. Yeah, it was yet another Sunday where it was just almost all comics. It was it was such a, I'll use your word, an indolent day that we didn't even realize that it, it had started ra- raining fairly hard until about Five thirty or so, and one or the other of us had to kind of get up and stretch. And I was like, "Oh, it's raining." Oh yeah, <laughs> I didn't leave the house today, and it's not going to happen <laughs> unless the house catches on fire. Yeah. So, but those are the fun days. You catch up on books, do yet another long box. I get to break my spine trying to get it in my car tomorrow morning oh, to get it to storage. <laughs> it's all right; they're not going to miracle themselves out of here. But so we should probably talk about some actual comic stuff. Probably should. So. So yeah, one thing we because it's starting to ramp up with with Marvel now now that original sin is done and there's there's been a lot of news about new versions of Marvel heroes. Yes. That has really been in the news a lot. And and we've talked about some of them. You know, Marvel's doing the female Thor, that's mm-hmm. going to come up pretty soon. Uh there's rumors based on costumes that have been shown for Axis stuff that's coming up for Marvel that at least for a while Sabretooth is potentially going to be taken over for Wolverine 
There was other stuff this week. Some rumors are going around that after that, X-23 is going to take over for Wolverine You know, before the inevitable Wolverine comes back sometime in the next 12 to 24 months. Yeah. Because there's not a person who doesn't think that's no. that, that's going to happen. It, yeah. We, we, I mean, we've talked about this before. Anytime somebody gets killed off, it just feels like, oh, it's a gimmick. It'll, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to have the Uncle Ben death. <laughs> yeah, or the Gwen Stacy death. Ironic, since one of the books we're going to talk about today is about Gwen yeah. Stacy. But uh, and yeah, the Falcon's going to be taken over for Captain America at some point in the next couple of months. Yep. So I mean, it's it's weird that Marvel is doing all of these because historically, Marvel never cared in any way about succession. Yeah. I mean, there have only been one or two things. Yeah, we had. Miles Morales take over for Peter Parker in the Ultimate Universe. Yes. So that was like three years ago. Yes. And that's the first time it looked like it has really stuck and stuck for a while. But even then, some version of Peter Parker is back. Right. Whether it's a clone or, or something. Whatever it is, yeah. Um, but I was trying to think of others. Uh, Rhodey took over for Tony Stark as Iron Man for two or three years at the end of the Demon in the Bottle thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really only for a couple of years and and Stark was always there and around trying to sober up and get his business shit together and yeah so it was you know definitely a temporary thing in the 80s John Walker who became US agent took over for just about a year even for Captain America mm-hmm. um when the US government said we own <laughs> the name and suit of Captain America yeah. and all the subsidiary rights and he said, later. <laughs> yeah. But have there ever... Can you think of any other Marvel stories where some well, of... I mean, the Ultimate Universe is a tricky one because they spent so much time trying to destroy the, the Ultimate Universe. Oh, they're, they're still trying to. Yeah, but like, you know, so, you know, many of, of the mutants that were in there were, were killed or wiped out in some fashion. Like Wolverine was killed off early and then his son in that universe was running around. James, who I yeah, but can give exactly half a shit about. <laughs> yeah, well, Ultimate Universe is sort of a shadow of what it was five or six years ago at this point. Yeah, and, um, and that's always been the place where, yeah, we'll fuck around, we'll put bullets in heads, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so I mean, in the actual six one six proper, um, no, just pretty much what you listed. It's, I, it just occurred to me, Danny Ketch for Ghost Rider in the nineties for a while. Ghost Rider has had multiple individuals in there because there was a girl Ghost Rider for a while, too. Yeah, and there's a new dude who's a driver yeah. who, whose name escapes me. I've only read one or two issues of that because, amazingly, that, that one's been sold out at our local comic store almost every time we've gone there, despite <laughs> rumors going around this week that it was going to be canceled. Now it's yeah, not. It's uncanceled. So it's a shame because Trad Moore's drawn it, and I like his art, so I've been trying to get my hands on it. I just haven't been able to get more than one or two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ghost Rider, but that's also because, you know, it's Ghost Rider. They have to do something to make that title interesting. Um. Yeah, well, motorcycle jumps were awesome in the mid-70s. <laughs> when you got Evil Knievel doing half your selling for you. And you can buy sea monkeys. Yeah, well, <laughs> now it's, uh, what's popular? Too Fast, Too Furious? Put, put them in a car. Fuck it. <laughs> but. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's, there's. Well, I mean, they, they went through fits and starts with individuals who had Jean Grey's power skill sets. 
Oh, I, I suppose you could say Madeline Pryor yeah. <laughs> took over the mantle of sucking Scott Summers' dick. Somebody is, had to. Is that I a guess. power or a curse? <laughs> I, I ghosts suck. No, I don't even want to go there. And and well, I mean, and even with the the Phoenix power after Jean Rachel Summers had it for a while. Yeah, um, but Phoenix is less a superhero mantle to be succeeded than a terrible thing that burden. sticks to your parietal yeah. lobe and turns you into a douche. Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, all right. Um there was that brief stretch, I guess, where it wasn't um Black Panther Daredevil for a while or something like that in uh Yeah, but Shadowland. But even then that was T'Challa saying that he would take over l- the responsibility for Hell's Kitchen from Daredevil. Okay. You know, he didn't he didn't put on a Daredevil suit. Yeah, so I mean that there's very little in the way of succession per se as people stepping in for a while. Well, part of it is also historically there's no sidekicks in Marvel comics. Rick Jones is not a sidekick. Rick Jones. That's all he has. He doesn't even really have that much. <laughs> I mean, okay. Oh wait, wait. Uh, um, Captain Marvel. How many different Captain Marvels have there been? That is true, and certainly the succession of Captain Marvel that Kelly Sue DeConnick has been doing. Where, okay, he's been dead for a while. It's I deserve the name. I deserve you know the the costume. Yeah, you know, that's worked. Um. But even that Ms. Marvel was not necessarily a sidekick. There, Marvel has been notorious for chucking in female versions <laughs> of their heroes to preserve toy trademarks. That's the True. only reason there's a She-Hulk. It's the only reason there's a Spider-Woman at this... Well, not at this point, but that that's why She-Hulk and Spider-Woman were created. Yep. Um, so, I mean, certainly Captain Marvel, you know, Ms. Marvel taking over as Captain Marvel is the first time... But there's been a couple of different Captain Marvels. Like before that, even. That's true. There was uh, was a name Janice when yep. uh, Peter David was writing them mm-hmm. back during that horrible contest for, <laughs> you know, who gets the best sales, Captain Marvel or Marvel? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Gimmick's gone wrong. Yeah, I got one or two issues of Marvel, <laughs> but but yeah, not really so many sidekicks. No. Even the young Avengers are not working with the people that they're... There's no kid Iron Man. No. Thank God. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm just picturing little Billy in an iron lung. Yeah, you're, you're kid Iron Man. Let me just... I'm going to write a check, and I will... I'll, I'll, I'll be back, but I have this thing, and I have to go because of it. West Coast Avengers. <laughs> yeah. There, there's no spider boy. No. Well, that's yeah. also because Peter Parker was 16. We didn't do well, like a spider toddler. <laughs> Hi, Spider-Man. I'm Chris Matthews. Take a seat, if you would. (laughs) What are you doing here? Oh, so you brought cartridges full of fluid. You're saying, have a seat. Just (laughs) no one's keeping you here. (laughs) What cameras? (laughs) What's the mask for? (laughs) Jesus. But whereas DC is all about succession, almost any hero that you can name, there's somebody waiting in the wings to take over. It's true. You know, it, it hasn't always worked that way, but the it was always Robin and then Nightwing would be there to take over for Batman, which Although did I, event. 
as I say, as you're as you're saying this, I'm thinking back to Marvel. Uh, Bucky, before he became Winter Soldier, was Cap's sidekick. That's true, but that was more. That's part of Marvel continuity, but those are really timely comics. Yeah, and that was very much at the time, you know, in the 30s, 40s. That that was just a convention of comic books. Those heroes sort of went by the wayside until Marvel, you know, with Fantastic Four and Spider Man, mm-hmm. took off, and then they made their way back but uh yeah there was toro for the human torch uh did namor have one i've never really given that much of a fuck about namor so goldie the goldfish i don't know (laughs) i'd say he's sitting in a bowl next to billy (laughs) iron (laughs) boy iron man can you feed goldie hello well i don't think namor really had a sidekick per se i mean he had the female version there's namorita yeah, um, but I don't think that was part of those early books. No. Well, no. I don't think so. So, yeah, I mean, there were sidekicks, but they took care of Bucky being the heir apparent by killing him. Yeah. Until he came back as a Winter Soldier. Yeah, And then he's an obvious heir apparent, because when Captain America died, he was the first one. I don't think they had a lot of sidekicks either, because a lot of the characters they conceived were on the younger side. So a younger character in a DC book might uh, more likely was going to be a sidekick, whereas they were more the main event in a Marvel book. You know, your X-Men, they're a group of kids. Yeah. Peter Parker's a kid. Yeah, and and a lot of them I don't think would lend themselves to having sidekicks. You know, who's the Hulk sidekick going to be? Rick Jones. Yeah, and then there was Jim Wilson. (laughs) So there was a long history of... The dude traveling with the Hulk, but yeah. you know, Rick Jones. Well, because yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here saying Rick Jones couldn't become the Hulk. Isn't Rick Jones a bomb now? Yeah, but I mean, in I think the Hulk had to have a companion, not even a sidekick, a companion, because it's got its roots in what should have been a, a werewolf story, and he needs somebody to go out and take care of shit for him when he's all transformed. Yeah, no, that that's true, but sidekick, traveling companion, yes. Heir apparent, no. No. Uh, you're right, Spider-Man doesn't lend himself because he was too young. Yeah. Uh, Thor, he's a god. There's no young Thor. No. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think who could work as a sidekick, that's why the whole Alpha thing a couple years ago, you know, where Spider-Man had this sidekick for a while, who was just a dick. And yeah, they, and how they, long did that last? Yeah, finally <laughs> kicked him to the curb because he was a douche. But that's that's just it. They're all, for the most part, not all, for the most part, they're all younger characters. So nobody's got a sidekick because then you're you're reaching dangerously into, and your sidekick is ten. <laughs> yes. It's just not going to happen. And that's certainly part of it. But DC, because they had the longer history and because those sidekicks were there and went through up until the modern age, the idea of succession was built into a lot of them. Like I said, Robin was supposed to take over for Batman. Right. Now, he didn't with John Paul Valley because everybody was trying to make a comment on people screaming in the 90s, well, Jesus, Batman should just kill people, and why isn't he like the Punisher? And you know, <laughs> the decision was made, fine, we'll give you the Punisher Batman. Oh, he sucks, doesn't he? Yeah, see? It's fucking <laughs> terrible, isn't it? Why don't we go back to what what we should be doing? Um, but Kid Flash took over for Flash for a quarter century. Um, 
Kyle Rayner, even though he wasn't built in as a sidekick, they they went all in on Kyle Rayner for 10, 11 years before yeah. Dan DiDio and Jeff John said, I miss <laughs> Hal. <laughs> they were potentially the only ones, but... It's, it's sort of a recurring pattern with, with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it just, it, it seems weird that right now none of that stuff is happening with DC they they retconned all of it and we got yeah. Barry Allen again and Hal Jordan again and and even even in the the Teen Titans they've gone out of their way to put in some characters who didn't exist prior to the new 52 so whereas before you had Donna Troy as the heir apparent to Wonder Woman now you've got this Cassie Sandsmark who isn't related to Wonder Woman at all, other than a a Greek god has also meddled in her life. Yeah, and and, and it's Ares. Yeah, <laughs> I mean the one DC longtime hero that didn't have a sidekick at all or an heir apparent was Superman. Yeah, and that's part of why. And you can argue whether or not the death of Superman thing really holds up, you know, or. In, it doesn't. I've I've got all those <laughs> trades. I reread them a few years ago. It's like, uh, okay, this is interesting enough as a piece of comics history. Uh, I I certainly did not go to the comic store and get Death of Superman one. I didn't want to fight past all the goddamn bubble gummers. And <laughs> I'm gonna buy this and stick it in a plastic bag, and then I'm gonna send my kids to school. Uh, if this is your investment strategy, congratulations. You you all almost killed comics. Yeah. And thanks. Yeah. Your kid does not have the good genetics to probably go to school, <laughs> whether you the book was any worth anything or not. How was community college for them? <laughs> but but uh, part of why that story works is if you kill Superman, that's it. Superman is unique. That's why it was a smart move on the backside, whether you liked all four of those characters or any four of those characters who you know were, were battling to wear the shield. Right. It was really an indication no one person can take over for Superman. Yeah. So the DC has always sort of had this in mind, whereas Marvel hasn't. And now suddenly, you know, in the space of a few months, we're knocking all these characters off. And I'm really trying to figure out what the fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's like anything else. If, if you get a good story out of it, great. But otherwise, it just comes across as here is our marketing event for this cycle well and, yeah that's part of the problem clearly sales are part of it yeah you know they, they killed peter parker and stuck somebody else in the costume for a year and a half and it sold very well it was actually a pretty good story well, that's just you know, it and we'll we'll get to that that piece <laughs> in, in a second but i mean sales are definitely a piece of it you know, god knows i'm sure everybody has in my oh killed captain america and everybody came in mm-hmm you know, back to the death of Superman that drove everybody nuts. And it, that was even, at least that was in a day where you didn't just kill everybody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it, it, I don't think anybody who read comics really thought Superman was going to stay dead. But it, at least there was a chance of it. Right. You know, and then you spend the next year with all these characters, you know, examining different parts of Superman and what works and what doesn't and why somebody with the Superman shield doing certain things doesn't work mm -hmm. only to bring them back to Joe. Yep. We needed them all along. So I guess the only, only thing Superman was missing before that was business in the front and party in the back. <laughs> At least he didn't decide to take a walk across the country. Oh, <laughs> Oh, 
Yeah, leave poor Joe Straczynski alone. <laughs> you know, when talking about Thor, that's one of the things, one of the characters we're obviously talking about. I don't give that much of a shit about Thor. The only Thor I ever read that I really got into was Straczynski's, because that worked. Bring Thor and Asgard to Earth to deal with regular people, I got into that. Yeah. So it's that same instinct that said, oh, Superman's going to walk. You know, the fact that it didn't work... <laughs> doesn't mean it's a terrible idea on its face it's not a great idea on its face but <laughs> so give joe a break okay just because he gave wonder woman pants and made <laughs> superman walk and then then washed his hands of the whole thing after three or four months ruiner he ruined it <laughs> well but so yeah i mean the sales obviously work and and all of these can work if they're good stories yes because, yeah, Su- Superior Spider-Man worked on the level of it's a good examination of the original character because it shows this is what happens if somebody has these powers without the whole with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. So it's a good examination that way. Nightfall worked, like I said, you know, you want a Batman who is a killer? Here you go. Doesn't it suck? Yeah. Um. I'm just looking at my notes here. Yeah, the the Captain America story, you know, where John Walker took over for him. That worked because it showed, okay, this is a Captain America who, particularly in the 80s and super Reagan patriotism Mm -hmm. and corporatism, if you have a Captain America who is subservient to the American government as opposed to America. Yes. So all of these stories can work in that way. I'm just wondering if they will. I mean, like Thor. Okay, it's a female Thor. On what level can that work as an examination of not necessarily the original, but maybe the original? Well, yeah. I mean, what what do, what do they hope to get out of it? What are they if they're examining the the nature of what it means to be a Asgardian god, and and like what that entails and why that's important and. You know, what a different individual can bring to the to the mantle of Thor, I suppose. Well, I forget if it was, I want to say it was either Straczynski or Matt Fraction who said they finally got how to write Thor when they understood at its base it's a story about a guy who's trying to impress his father. Yeah. Which, broken down, yeah, that's pretty much Thor at its core over the years. And and I agree with that as a, as a concept. So it makes it that much more interesting, insofar as will will the writers of this new Thor have that take on the character who is now a girl? <laughs> well, and yeah, and, and yeah, the, I, you can you can be a daughter and still be you know in a place where you're trying to impress daddy. I guess. Well, yeah, and yeah, well, it hasn't been totally revealed. All the early indications based on original sin are, you know, Thor's sin was discovered that he has a sister. So the smart money is this sister. And again, I don't read a ton of Thor, so I am yeah. not completely up to date with what's happened with Thor since original sin. Yep. But so, yeah, you could easily turn it into, yeah, from the daughter's point of view, you know, you could do it with as basic as a woman in a man's world asgard's a man's world yeah you know there's the all father 
<laughs> well, except that it's been the all mother for like several issues. No, has it? Yeah. Again, I haven't been keeping up with Thor. Um. Yeah. It's it's uh, Freya and two other female goddesses. Um. I'm clearly about as up on this as you are, other than wow. I know that much. So, well, because they were sending Loki out to do shit. He was doing their wet work. <laughs> uh, look, my doctor has said I have a three forsooth per month limit, and anything beyond that, it's going to fuck my blood pressure. So I just, I, I don't keep up with Thor as much as I probably should. Forsooth. Why don't you use a gun? <laughs> what the fuck did I do to you? <laughs> wow, it's, it's amazing. There's this like, little vein on your temple. It just starts throbbing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's also possible this could really be a story about Thor, the the dude Thor. Yes. Um, because yeah, I'm trying to figure out uh, this is all coming from Nick Fury whispered something in his ear, and suddenly he wasn't worthy. It's the bitches, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. What? Chlamydia. <laughs> Uh, my guess is it was you're adopted. No, don't spit water at me. <laughs> I'm not going to spit water at you. I'm just, you're adopted would be the greatest thing ever because, I mean, that's what fucked up Loki. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, it, and if Thor, the title Thor, the book Thor is at its base, you know, a, a son trying to impress his father, if the son is told he's adopted, is it as simple as he feels he's not worthy and we've got a dual story of Thor trying to come to terms with that and feel like Odin's son again while this daughter is trying to find her place while she's been hell and gone from Cartagena for God knows how long, all of Marvel history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and like you've said more than once, somewhere in the corner, Valkyrie's just kicking pebbles going, <laughs> fuck me. Eh? <laughs> I can just, I'll just be over here. Yep. <laughs> Be over here stabbing a dude with my sword. All I can do is try. Got my flying horse. I'm only a defender. I know that doesn't say much. At least I wasn't a champion, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Ooh, going to Valhalla. Ooh, <laughs> <yay>. <laughs> so, I mean, if they do those kind of things, you know, that, that could probably work. I mean, with the Captain America, that gets a little trickier. It gets a little trickier to talk about because we're two white people. Yep. So. Yep. Well, I mean, I think it's an exciting opportunity for for an exploration of character. Um, and I think given that our country is a very diverse, diversely populate, uh, populated country, having a, a different face on Captain America for however long they want to run with that will be, you know, entertaining. That You can bring a lot to it. Well, it, it's not like it's being written by a couple of black guys either. So, well, <laughs> that's true, and that can pose its own problems. But, um, I mean, it's something that was kind of tried with that Truth, Red, yeah. White, and Black series, um, where they retcon the timeline at least to show a Tuskegee Airmen forced yes. experiment to create. Uh, was Isaiah Bradley? I think his name Sounds was. Right. Um, super soldier after Captain America was killed. Um, and that just sort of came and went. went. I think part of the problem was 
and I did read it, and I have the issues. I haven't read it in quite a while, but I think part of the problem was they released that in early 2003. Mm. You know, and if you fuck around with Captain America at all, less than a year and a half after 9-11, you're going to get people's yeah. hackles up, even if it's the best story in the world. Yeah, it's, it's a timing issue. Yeah, there, there are a lot of differences between Sam Wilson and Steve Rogers that you could explore with this. I don't think Sam Wilson in the comic book continuity was ever a soldier. He I was in the movie, but... Don't remember. It's been a long time since I read those old Kirby, Captain America, and Falcons. But, yeah. you know, he's also a modern guy, not a man out of time. And if he was never a soldier, how he will relate to people and taking orders from S.H.I.E.L.D. or any kind of instruction from S.H.I.E.L.D. would be different. And this is another one. Steve Rogers is not dead. He's just old and decrepit now. And it's, yeah. Remender has said he will continue to be part of the story and be working with with Sam Wilson as Captain America. Will he see things that he feels he should have done differently with, with a different person in it? it? It could really work if they do it right in, in that way. You know, show a Captain America who suddenly S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't know how to deal with him because he doesn't feel the need to follow direct orders. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. It doesn't appear that he started life as having been in the military, although he had his brush with the Nazis after he answered an ad for somebody who wanted a hunting falcon. Um <laughs> And it's always the Nazis that answer those ads. That's why I probably shouldn't have ordered those books from, yeah. <laughs> from comic books in the late 70s, early 80s. He, he underwent training with Steve Rogers after, you know, um, after coming into contact with these Nazis. But he, he was not, at least in that incarnation, military. I hate Falconer Nazis. <laughs> Put Falconer Nazis down. That's as close to a title as we've come so far it's today. It's true. It's true. But, yeah, I mean, if they if they examine, and again, uh, I am not qualified to address the racial aspect of it, but completely taking that out, just so nobody screams at me because it's late and I'm tired and I've only had one beer. Um, yeah, it's a, a, a modern person with different priorities who grew up in a different time post-Watergate and Captain America trying to uh, Steve Rogers trying to mentor him with back and forth intention on that as to what being a symbol of America means mm -hmm. could be pretty compelling. Yeah. Now that said, it could be a major departure from Rem remember has basically been doing heavy science fiction. Science fiction. Yeah. He's pulled back on it up to a point. The iron nail storyline still had some but it was far more grounded yep so i like that one a lot but so it'd be something different remender certainly capable of doing it but it'd be kind of a change because all those things going on are really going to be pushed to the wayside if captain america is in space fighting armin zola <laughs> <laughs> well i mean the other the other piece to it is though you know how long is this going to last yeah steve rogers was killed not that long ago and then brought back to life and in the interim Bucky was Captain America now he's you know had the super soldier serum sucked out of him but for how long yeah I mean 
none of these are going to be permanent. Yeah. They're just not. And at this point, years and years of examples, nobody thinks they're going to be permanent. Right. So I suppose that's probably another smart thing they should be doing is just sort of wink and nod and say, we're going to come back to it. I mean, not necessarily with humor, but just take on faith. Everybody sort of knows. Yeah. Of course, I say that. And the other big one is Wolverine, where they say, oh, no, this is going to be forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and Wolverine is where all of this falls apart for me, because you can really do, I think we've established just in the last 10 or 15 minutes, you could do really interesting stories about what the character, be it the original or the character name or what they stand for, mean with different people in the costume. But Wolverine I- is, is Wolverine, and he's the best there is at what he does, and what he does is fuck people up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you examine there. Yeah. I mean, oh, what happens if you put a real killer with no conscience in the suit? Well, they did that with Dokken. Yeah. Um, and it turns out he becomes um, sociopathic and bisexual, apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, leave that one alone, too. <laughs> um show you know, if it's going to be saber tooth you know show a villain trying to reform and join the avengers would okay we did that though yeah. with the superior spider-man story we did that with hawkeye and quicksilver 40 years ago yeah so you know that's been done and x23 she's already had her own arc in terms of you know having been raised to be an assassin and come to terms with what she is and become redeemed. She, she's already done this arc. Yeah, and she continues to do that arc over and over again. Yeah. Now she could theoretically do it as an Avenger with a borrowed mask, but you know, it's that's Wolverine's story. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just retelling what's already been told. Are we going to show Wolverine being punished for his sins? Jason Aaron did it with Wolverine Goes to Hell when he yeah. started on the main title. You know... Wolverine, he's had a lot of years, and he's an interesting character, but he's he's very unique, and if you strip a certain amount away, he's he's an attitude and a drinking problem and a set of claws. Yeah. And there, there's not a hell of a lot there. You know, some vague samurai ronin sentiments, but because, th- those because, are unique to him. Yeah. So... There's there's no Wolverine legacy to take over. No, I, I mean I, I suppose the closest you get to that is you stick Sabretooth in there to to learn what it means to be Wolverine. But again, okay, so what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are we going to re- redeem Sabretooth? That's you know, and I don't need I don't need Sabretooth to be redeemed and turned into like you know a cool antihero. I, I like him just the way he is as a big thug. <laughs> well, it's like redeeming the Joker. Yeah. You know, or, or redeeming Two-Face. You know, you got away with a certain amount of that with Riddler. Well, you know, even but... even when Harvey Dent was, was supposedly cured and redeemed, eventually something in him snapped again, and then he's evil again. Yeah, so doing it with Sabretooth, it's going to happen eventually. I mean, Wolverine yeah. and Sabretooth go together like Dark Wolverine and Bisexual. I don't know. No, see, those did go together. They, yeah, they, they, well, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Two sides of a coin, I guess. But, um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I just, 
I, I don't know what the, the it po- would be like trying to redeem Norman Osborn. Like it, you know, it's not going to stick. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine if you want to string things along for a while, and it certainly looked like that could work for a little while in Thunderbolts, where Warren Ellis was writing it. Yeah, but it had nothing to do with Spider Man, and the whole point of that was yeah the. The fun was the spectacular collapse <laughs> as he just goes through Thunderbolts Mountain in his Green Goblin suit blowing people up. And that was fucking spectacular. That was awesome. But you didn't Love need that to, book. You didn't need to kill Spider-Man to get it. Yeah. So I, I don't know what you can get out of a story of somebody saying, I'm the new Wolverine. I don't I don't get what you get out of that. Yeah. I I don't either. I mean, the, does Sabretooth get adamantium? Like, <laughs> it's uh, don't he already have it? I I don't think so. Maybe. I think I, I think everybody Wolverine meets gets a little adamantium. I think it's the law. <laughs> Here, let me put a little adamantium into you. you know, the, <laughs> the minute they decided Weapon X and X meant ten, it's like great. They started counting. Yeah. I, I think it's up to Weapon <laughs> yeah, Weapon four hundred and twenty eight now. <laughs> if, if you're Weapon four hundred and twenty nine, you get a nice set of steak knives. <laughs> Adamantium ones. There you go. <laughs> Weapon 429. That's not too bad either. Because <laughs> that's the only other reason, it brings me to the only other reason I can picture Marvel suddenly going to these lengths to show succession and successors, which is the movies. Yes. You know? Because eventually somebody's going to want to walk away from their contract or somebody is going to want to. You know, this is the one where I get to direct and I'm going to be the executive producer. Wee! Yeah, and there's already concerns about that because Robert Downey Jr. said this week or last week that there's no current plans for Iron Man 4. Yep. Yeah, he signed, as far as I know, for Avengers 2 and 3. Yep. And at that point, he's already got a percentage of the gross on a movie that made a billion dollars. If he gets two more and they only make a quarter billion... He still didn't need to do this shit anymore if he doesn't want to. Yeah, and and Hugh Jackman keeps making mumble noises. Ah, oh, I would I wouldn't be heartbroken if somebody else stepped into the role of Wolverine, and then he waffles. Oh no, I, I'd do it again. <laughs> well, I mean, for the payday, what he's getting every time, you know, he could beat me senseless with those claws <laughs> on the fifty yard line at the Super Bowl <laughs> for a tenth of it, and I'd be fine. True. Yeah, after a certain point, yeah, all right. Where's the man's check? So, and and I don't think Marvel Studios is all that concerned about what people think about Wolverine. There's a possibility. I'm sure Marvel Studios is constantly looking for an out yeah. to get the X-Men rights back and the Spider-Man rights back and the Fantastic Four rights back. But I don't think anybody's necessarily screaming for, oh, what happens when Hugh Jackman leaves Wolverine? They're not getting a piece of that anyway. True. But if you can start educating people who may have dabbled but if you kill him in the comics then he has less of a platform in that particular media so his presence becomes decreased oh you know yeah (laughs) i mean i suppose that's true i i i would think in the case of wolverine in particular it's it's more a case of let's start educating people that we'll, we'll have new faces behind the mask yeah that it doesn't matter who's behind the face it's about the character yeah, not the the character itself, the the name and the suit, right? And the general, the circumstances behind them, yeah. Which is awful. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you can do. We we established with Ultimate Spider Man. You can 
take a whole different dude with a whole different background and put him in the suit. And you could do decent stories. Actually, good stories. I enjoy Ultimate Spider-Man a lot. But you know, that's a particular character in a particular universe with a particular guy writing it. Yeah. You know, I really like Brian Michael Bendis. You know, if you give it to Scott Lobdell, <laughs> I'm probably not reading it anymore. No. So... Has anybody else ever written Ultimate Spider-Man? I, mean, uh, I know there's been like rotating artists, but... Uh, no, not the main title. Yeah. Some people have written the character in various crossovers or whatever, but no, that's that's all Bendis. That's like a long run on a particular book. <laughs> the, the man can write Spider-Man, and he's yeah. got a sandbox where he can do whatever he wants with the character one way or the other. True. So, I mean, that's that's got to be a sweet gig if you got the time to do it. In theory, I mean, he, he does. He's only writing 226 <laughs> books a month. <laughs> and teaching a college class or something. Yeah, with one or two kids. Yeah. I think he's got more than two kids. Be careful, man. That meth's a hell of a drug. <laughs> you get a lot done for a while, and then you're taking apart your TV, <laughs> selling your fillings. Trying to scratch imaginary bugs out of your skin. They're imaginary? Does that mean I could stop? You should stop. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. Don't say forsooth to me. <laughs> So, as long as the stories work with this, I'm okay with it. I really am afraid they're trying to set a precedent of the character, the particular character doesn't matter over the name and the suit. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very dangerous thing to do. It's it's something I don't really think is going to happen long term with with any of them. Well, it... it, it cheapens it to a certain degree and it it turns the idea of a person uh, i mean granted they're fictional characters but a a fictional person who has a a wealth of backstory and depth that has been built up over a significant amount of time and it reduces it to now nah, you're a title and an intellectual property concept yeah and I'm seeing more and more, you know, we've talked about this in prior shows, the the fear that these are now just intellectual property farms. Yeah. You know, with, with a higher and harder editorial hand to shape things into ways that will work in movies. Yeah. You know, I, I really am afraid of that. You know, my favorite two times in comics, and I've been reading them for, Jesus, coming up on 40 years, is the mid-80s. When suddenly DC realized, shit, we can chuck continuity and start everything over, Mm -hmm. which was very exciting at 15, because I wasn't completely set in my ways yet, (laughs) and there was no internet to turn me into the worst kind of fanboy, which I argue- You're you're not the worst kind of fanboy. (laughs) I haven't showered today, so I'm approaching it, but- Yeah, but I don't think you DDoS'd anybody recently or doxed them. (laughs) No, uh, not as far as anyone knows. Yeah. But- Um, and the early 2000s where comics were on the skids and everybody was bankrupt and it looked like everybody was fucked. So Marvel said, yeah, fuck it. Give the artist the, <laughs> the editor-in-chief job. And DC said, dude from animation who just likes comics, let's give him a try. And people were just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> Graham Morrison wants to write uh, this Marvel boy that blows up half of New York and is barely in continuity. Yeah, let's do sure. that. That's, that's fine. Give him X-Men. Who gives a shit? 
you know, you, you got good comics because you had nothing to lose. Right, right. The, now there's a lot to lose, and yeah, they're killing Wolverine for no reason anybody could figure out, and they're giving him a successor for no good reason at all. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little afraid they'll, you know, yeah, start with this. Oh, we'll, we'll kill this character for a while and bring him back. And then if the needs of the other media start to trickle down and they say, well, no, uh, we've just we've decided we're going to reboot with a different actor and we don't want to be like Spider-Man that rebooted with just a, a new actor with the same. No, we want to have a long term continuity. Yeah. Which Marvel Studios clearly wants to do. And uh, I haven't seen any indication yet. And it is early, but any indication they're willing to go the James Bond route where it's just, yeah, this is the new guy. They do it with minor characters. Yeah. You know, certainly Rhodey, they did very quickly. And the Hulk. Well, then again, all right. So I'll give it that. We've had three Hulks in three movies. Yes. But again, the the Hulk works better as it's okay. You can have you can have different actors step in as, as Bruce because you're focusing on the Hulk and the Hulk is made out of CGI. Um. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But I am willing to to back up my just a minute ago near hysteria. <laughs> yeah, that oh Jesus, what are they gonna do? they've done it with the Hulk. You know, and Bruce Banner were was huge parts of all three of those movies. Although I don't think the first first Hulk wasn't a Marvel Studios movie. No. The Eric Banner one. But they established you know, by casting uh what's his name? Whose name I can never remember. Norton. Yeah, uh, Edward Norton that people are willing to accept new actors in the roles. So maybe I'm wrong. I'm wrong a lot. Well, I mean, it's been new actors in the role, but they've when when they introduced Mark Ruffalo's version of it, it's it was within the context of of this Avengers team. And so they didn't have to do a lot of Bruce Banner's story. True. So it didn't really matter. <laughs> I suppose, and they certainly didn't reference a ton of the moments from The Incredible Hulk. Right. So, yeah, maybe Hulk recasting isn't really a sign of what they want to do with the other characters. But I think also, you know, they're they're finding ways to... They're, they're looking to how changes in the character in the costume for various properties has worked i mean how many different like yellow jacket or ant-man type characters have their their been true but we're not talking the a-team there no but it's it's a good place to look at all right here's how if i need to rotate some some bodies through (laughs) yeah true and and i just hope that we're not getting some of these you know new thor new wolverine new captain america for the sake of all right let's do this to the people reading the comics for a while so it's okay when we do it in the movies right now if they're doing it and there's a good story behind it cool yeah now if they're doing it to do it then you wind up with death of superman which does not hold up nearly as well as it should no no it doesn't but i i think you know that the the first place where they'll take that big leap of faith is if Robert Downey Jr. chooses not to come back and they have to figure out what to do with Iron Man. Yep. Because that's a suit to fill as opposed to a power set to recast. 
Yeah, and even there, yeah, we're getting something called the Superior Iron Man, which I have not read a lot about. Maybe we're getting a new guy in the Iron Man no, suit for No, it's, it's supposed to be Tony Stark, but going back to his dick roots. Dick roots? Yes. <laughs> that can't be a title of the show. We'll be canceled <laughs> immediately. I, I, I believe it has something to do with, with him going back to being just a, an irredeemable asshole. Um, douchey playboy. <laughs> All right, back on the sauce. I like it. <laughs> But I could be mistaken. I think I read that somewhere, though. Okay. Yeah, I've read very little about that. Now, obviously, I'm not all that excited about Axis. <laughs> yeah, Return of the good guy's bad and the bad guy's good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Wake me up when <laughs> All right. We're, we're an hour in. You want to talk about a couple comics? Let's talk about a couple comics. Which one do you want to do first? Oh, let's talk about Batwoman. Oh. <laughs> See, I, I think I thought better of this than you did. Um, maybe not much better, but all right. So yeah, we're we're still in Future's, Future's End, End month uh, yeah. with DC where they're doing these one-shot issues showing what happens in Future's End if this goes forward and everything goes wrong, where the characters are going to be in five years. So this is the Batwoman one-shot. And, of course, this is the point where we warn you, we're going to talk about this with spoilers, all the spoilers in the world. No, we're going to spoil the living shit out yep. of this. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, written by Mark Andreco, uh, art by Jason Masters. Um, yeah, Batwoman is a vampire now. Yep, she um, sure is. Yeah, uh, Alice, uh, her sister and once her arch enemy, uh, has to kill her. That's yeah. So when Alice is the sane one and the voice of reason, yeah, <laughs> shit's gone sideways. Yeah, things have gone wrong. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's the story. So, you know, I've uh, there's. <laughs> Two things I want to start with and caveat with. The yes. first being, um, I have not been following Batwoman all that closely for the last few months. Uh, I like Mark Andreco as a writer. The character has never hooked me in. Uh, when J.H. Williams was doing it, it felt like a holdover from pre-New 52. Yeah, you know, very much so. Very, well, it was. He yeah. was allowed to continue his storyline, even though everybody else had to chuck what they were doing out the window. Yeah, well, it, uh, the guy is a spectacular artist, and I liked his stuff on Detective Comics when he was doing Batwoman. Uh, I'll give him a certain amount of a mulligan for that. Yeah. But, you know, it, as a writer, he was a bitchin' artist. Um, <laughs> so it just it never hooked me, and it's it, there's not been anything to pull me back in. It's very disconnected from the other Batman family books, so it's, it's one... It's on your pull list. It is. Um, but I don't read it every month, so... Admittedly, I don't always read it every month, even though it's on my pull list. Yeah. Uh, the other thing uh, I want to just uh, shout out, uh, DC, uh, I am reading a comic book. Uh, I'm reading a Batman family comic book. Could you stop putting the two-page ads for Gotham <laughs> in your fucking comic book? I am your prime audience. Yeah. I have been sold. It fucks my flow. <laughs> Put yeah. it, put it in Cosmopolitan or something. Somebody no, 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 no. Put it in. Put it. You you want to get like a previously unreached out to demographic? Put your two page spread in Cat Fancy Magazine. Slap Selena's face on it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. Uh, you don't need to put it in two pages in in the comic book. We're gonna be there tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's it's already set on the TiVo. We're good, <laughs> but. Oh God! It just did. Oh, I'm in, I'm in a flow. It's a, I know this show's fucking on. <laughs> God damn it! 
that I, I hate double page ad spreads anyway, but it's like it's like the <laughs> I distinctly remember uh when Secret Invasion was going on, flipping to a double page <laughs> ad for Secret Invasion. <laughs> In Secret Invasion <laughs> How meta <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that shit. It's got nothing to do with this book in particular. I just wanted to get that out there. Okay. Um, all right. So not following it, I know Batwoman is has been more of the supernatural part of Gotham City. Yes. I will take on faith that there are vampires um, and that she follows whatever rules are going on there. But some of the stuff in this did not make a lot of sense to me. There's a point where Alice throws some kind of bag of gook or something at yeah. Batwoman's face. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Uh, she throws another bag of gook at her leg and makes it rot off. I don't know what that is. The the net that she shoots to trap Batwoman at some point. I'm taking on faith that's silver, silver and yeah. Draco's been watching a lot of True Blood. <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I read it. Furiously <laughs> masturbating or whatever. <laughs> whatever one does when one watches yeah. True Blood. Um, so... So, yeah, there were things on there. I'm willing to take on faith they follow the particular rules. One particular thing I really had a problem with, and like I said, I, I think I liked this issue better than you did, but there was the stretch where Alice throws the gook at Batwoman's leg. Yep. And we see it burn or rot off. Yes. And a couple of panels later... We see Batwoman fighting Clayface. Yes. And basically disintegrating him after burning him, but she disintegrates him with this spectacular spin kick. <laughs> and on the next panel, we see her leg regrow, meaning this spin kick, she was supporting herself on some form of bloody stump or miracling herself into the air. It's. Uh, well, I. I I had issues with some of the art. I, I couldn't tell what was happening in some panels. <laughs> uh, there there were some panels where I really had to watch what was going on to pick up the flow. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It was not the clearest storytelling I've ever seen. That was the biggest blunder I saw. You know, where it's just like, had, if you can spin kick on a stump. Yeah. Then again, all right, maybe they're vampire rules. Maybe... Maybe they're they're powered by Stumpy. She, maybe she's dancing on air currents. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> walking on sunshine. <laughs> no, not on sunshine. That'll burn. It burns. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but um, another thing that kind of bothered me was a. It was kind of a cool callback to see Batman's Year One ultrasonic bat. Yeah, collar. that's kind of cool. <laughs> the problem I have with it is, you mean to tell me that if Batman knew that there was somebody flying the Batman family colors who was a vampire killing <laughs> people in Gotham. He'd just hand that off to a third party. Sure. You, it, you it's used formally to be... psychotic. Yeah. Just uh, hand it Murderous off. Murderous third yeah. party. Oh, you're Batwoman's Joker? Well, here, take some of my shit. Yeah, please. Here. Oh, what, what else can I give you? Yeah. Oh, let me give you my name because you called him Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you been up to the house lately? Yeah. It's a... Get my social security number down, just in case you need it. No, he's too busy growing clones in the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why, can you handle my finances, Alice? Here's a password to my bank account. <laughs> and then again, <laughs> we've been dealing with the New 52 with a Batman who over open radio channels calls 
penny one. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to figure that fucking out. So why not give your shit to Alice? <laughs> but uh, so uh, I'll agree with you. It's some of the art I had a problem with. There were moments in the story I had a problem with. Very much it is a rote by the numbers vampire story. Yes. Um, you know, fight like hell. You know, vampire pretends to be human, and with sorrow you stake them, and that's it. Yeah. You know, was there was nothing new in the story itself. No. And, and I don't know. Uh, again, not having followed Batwoman for four or five months, where exactly Ragman, who we see in this, and Clayface and Etrigan wind up from, but there's one panel where. Alice flashes back, whether it's flashing back to current continuity or things that could come up with on a rooftop. It's Batwoman, Alice, Ragman, Clayface, and Etrigan the Demon wearing a fucking Batman costume. Yeah. You have my attention. <laughs> that, that is good for me to check out at least an issue or two to see how these fuckers get together. It's like it, the new Secret Six. What kind of... What kind of sp- Biffy adventure. That's a Scooby gag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the Scooby snacks are heads. <laughs> so, it, yeah, that got my attention. That that could be a cool book to read. Attention, Gail Simone. <laughs> Andreco could do it. I, I like yeah, Mark Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, it's... I think I felt better about it than you did, even though it, at its core, it's a very by-the-numbers vampire story with certain problems. But I mean, what really... Was there something other than than it, those it things that... just didn't grab me. Because as you put it, yeah, so it was a by-the-numbers vampire book. So there was nothing... This could have been any vampire story. It just happened to have Kate Kane and her sister in it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I can see that. But I will say this, and it's not about this book in particular, but I really wanted to talk about one of the DC books this week because the other book we're going to talk about is Marvel. Yep. But being all, in air quotes, one-shots, the other ones I read weren't really one-shots. Yeah. And there was no indication of reading order. Like, I read Superman Wonder Woman before uh, Wonder Woman... And it was reverse order, so shit had happened that I didn't know what was going on, and then I got, it's okay, I get what's going on. Oh, here's the groundwork I already figured out in Wonder Woman. Okay. And uh, it's something similar with Teen Titans and Batman and Robin. Mm. So, yeah, as one-shots go, eh, they weren't really one-shots. This at least is a one-and-done, and while it's not the most awesome book in the world, it was the easiest one to talk about. Yeah. Um, And I don't think significantly worse than either of those other ones i think all of these are better than the villain month stuff from last year yeah none of those stuff i would say so no yeah, I, I really didn't dig almost any of those but you know my my feeling on it is all right when is this gonna be done so we can get back to the actual stories <laughs> like well, do we really need to be doing this well no but uh, they're the cool colors yeah. They the covers. They change when you look at them. They sure do. Make me slightly motion sick every you, time. You, you got to pick, you know, they look the same from all but one obscure angle. <laughs> you can <laughs> somehow tilt it just at the overhead lights in just yeah. the right way. But, so. The Batman one at least had an excellent ass shot. <laughs> your priorities are clearly different than mine. <laughs> uh, See, Marvel, that's how you do it. <laughs> 
Oh, you're not the demographic <laughs> Marvel's looking at. <laughs> That's true. Was it ass shot? At least he didn't break back. No, I did not. <laughs> All right. So you want to talk about Edge of Spider-Verse? Yeah. All right. So other book, um, which I thought uh, felt much better about. I don't know about you. Even though I thought Batwoman was okay. This one I, I really kind of liked. It's uh, Edge of Spider-Verse 2, uh, Gwen Stacy Spider-Woman, written by Jason Latour, uh, art by Robbie Rodriguez. Um, with the Spider-Verse event coming up, mm-hmm. uh, Marvel and Dan Slott are embracing whatever Marvel multiverse that there is and uh, using this Edge of Spider-Verse to bring some additional characters in. And one of them is Gwen Stacy as Spider-Woman. That's basically it. In some it. alternate universe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really pretty much liked this one. Yeah, it was really kind of simple. Yeah. You know, since it's an alternate universe, uh, I will forgive my normal fanboy gut reaction of Gwen wasn't a rise, wisecracking rock and roll fucking punk chick. She was a science major, not a musician. Oh, yeah. and she's dead. And and Peter Parker wasn't the lizard, but yeah, these things. Yeah, that's that's true. But then alternate again, universe. <laughs> then again, Gwen in the seventies. Was filtered through Stan Lee, who was like 55. Yeah. So he probably thought having, you know, Gwen and Pete dancing at the malt shop was like Ramon's level punk rock. <laughs> so I, I suppose I can let that go. I, I liked I liked a lot of the ideas in this that there she's a drummer in a band called the Mary Janes, which appears to be fronted by Mary Jane. Um, and that the song was Face It Tiger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know what? All I can think. If that's what if that's what they got, what's the B side? I'm selling my marriage to Satan. <laughs> do the broke back. <laughs> right down, do the broke back. This oh, we're, we're we're light on titles <laughs> this week. Um, so yeah, I mean it was to bring Gwen out of the '70s into an alternate 2000, 2000 whatever the fuck we're calling this decade. Um, it, yeah, it, it was it was a decent way to do it. Um, and yeah, I, I like the turnaround of Peter becoming the lizard, yeah. you know, because he still would have been just beaten down and it's a good parallel to what's happening in Spider-Man learning to crawl right now with, uh, what the hell's the guy's name? Clash. Yep. You know, who was you know, another science geek who was inspired by Spider-Man and wanted revenge. So it's, it's a good parallel to what's actually happening in a current story, even though that's sort of a year one type deal. I, I liked the, um sort of fraught relationship she has with her dad. Yeah. And how they explored that. Yeah. Um, very much. I did like the, uh, uh, what the hell was it? The world will show you where you're needed. I thought that was a nice yeah. alternative to with great power comes great responsibility. Yep. And I liked actually just that she owned up to her dad at the end of it. <laughs> yeah. It's something certainly... Peter Parker wouldn't do for 40 years. Right, but you know, that was that was nice. She just owned it. <laughs> yeah, um, and and let him know like in in his police forces pursuit of her how people were behaving in unsafe ways. <laughs> yeah. And that how he he and his crew were going to need to own that. Yeah. Yeah, that that whole <laughs> sequence on the subway platform with yeah. the cop. You know, with Gwen just doing full-on Spider-Man wisecracking yeah. and really cool art by Rodriguez yeah. of 
the nice fluidity of motion with a couple of ghost images to show the speed and, and the motion. I, I really thought that was yeah, a cool scene. I enjoyed the art with this. Um, it's a little odd that Alexi, who is actually, the, that's supposed to be the rhino. Right. Um, would just decide to go to a concert to go on a killing rampage. But why not? It, it, he thinks he's doing her a solid. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he thinks he's doing her a solid, but as far as he knows, she's nowhere to be found. He's just, yeah. you're going to kill a cop in a crowded room when you've accepted money from the kingpin? That's the one thing that really sort of rang false. Well, where it's, it, this is not the place where this would happen. But we don't actually have a sense of to what degree um, the the mob owns that city anyway, where they'd be able to do that kind of thing in more or less open circumstances yeah and it requires a certain amount of suspension of disbelief either way because supposedly the kingpin is focused on getting captain stacy yeah now if that's the case then captain stacy would be working organized crime in which case it doesn't make sense for be him to be in charge of hunting spider woman right and if he's just a street cop hunting spider woman then why does he have kingpin's attention and can we go back to the fact that matt, uh, matt murdoch is his consigliere <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, and actually that helped me to to really buy into the alternate universe thing because yeah. my gut reaction with any of these is sort of to take them as a what if, you know, yeah. what if a single thing happened? So my gut reaction is okay, we we this is we're dealing with a what if Gwen Stacy was bitten by the spider. Yeah. And having Matt Murdock be in that position doesn't make any sense, so that really helped sink into me that this is not just an alternate you know, this isn't a what if story. This is a real alternate universe and different things are happening. People are going to be different. So I, I actually like that as a way to sell the whole thing to me. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I thought, right. Are, are you following amazing Spider-Man right now with silk? I am not. Actually. Yeah. Where silk was also bitten by the spider. And yeah, I heard about this was going to happen, but I haven't yeah. actually. And, as soon as Peter and she met, they immediately started boning. <laughs> as soon as Peter sees his first love with spider powers and his own sense of humor, they are going <laughs> to That's going to be Chris Matthews. That's <laughs> But and, and that was a little weird to me. Gwen having that sense of humor. It was very much a Spider-Man type joking while yeah. in battle. I always took that in the actual Spider-Man that Peter did that particularly as a kid as a way of feeling like he was in control when really his personal life was an utter mess. Yeah. I'm not sure there was enough Gwen Stacy, my life is an utter mess. Certainly she's got problems with her father and she's not making a lot of money. Um, I'm not sure there was enough there for me to really buy that she's just the mouth that roared when she's Spider-Woman. Yeah, I suppose it depends on where they're getting their inspiration from. Because if they're going with uh, Emma Stone's take on her, I could see her having that kind of mouth. Yeah. And there's only a certain amount you can do in a one and done. And I recognize yeah. that. And there's probably enough there that I can buy it. But it it just gave me a little bit of pause. And again, I'm picturing Gwen Stacy from you know when I was four, five, six years old. You know, reading old Marvel Tales reprints of the death of Gwen Stacy. Right. This is clearly not that person i I really need to get over the what if 
Yeah. yeah, and shit that I remember from when I was a kid. This is a different place. Who knows? Maybe maybe radioactive spider bites just make you mouthy. It's possible. <laughs> it's like you know, it's 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 just an unlisted side effect that's just sort of understood. I've I've gained the proportionate strength of a spider and the proportionate mouth of a Tourette's patient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it's I I liked it. I liked the characterization. Um, you know. Understanding there's only so much you can do in a single issue, there was enough of it there that I could buy most of it. I would I would get a second issue. I would I would read a second issue if there was one. Yeah, I mean, the the one other thing that struck me that was just sort of a huh did, did it strike you that the Mary Janes in concert were all wearing sand Sandman costumes? Yeah, that that stood out to me. I thought I thought it was funny actually. Yeah, <laughs> it, I couldn't tell if it was a nice nod just or you know fan service or if it was you know hinting at something that. You know, unless this thing sells you know, a quarter million copies, we're not going to find out a hull of a lot more about her universe. No, but but if they wanted to do a Gwen Stacy Spider Woman book, I'd I'd pick it up. Yeah, yeah this was strong enough. I'd give it a shot. Yay! But we liked a book. <laughs> we like a lot of books. Yeah. Just last couple of weeks have been a little shaky with some of them. Yes, but all right. Anything else we want to talk about? Because I hear the cat screaming yeah, with rage that he's been shut out of here for. Unhappy. Yes. So, and it is getting a little late. Yes. But, all right. So why don't we wrap it up? So right. yeah, you can uh, you can find us at our home website. Assuming it works, we're having a problem <laughs> with it right now. Um, Crisis on Infinite Midlives dot com. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Uh, and if you do find us there, uh, do us a favor, uh, leave us a review, uh, leave us a rating so uh, you can see what we're doing that you like. Or that you don't like. Yeah, you, <laughs> uh, you can email us at crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is... At Infinite Midlife. Someday I'll remember that. No, you won't. No, I won't because I say that every week. <laughs> the phone knows it. I don't need to know shit. Um, yeah, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. We are. And uh, yeah, I guess that is it, so... Thank you for listening. This is the Crisis on Infinite Midlife Show, episode 35. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And uh, thanks for listening. And Derp. That cat's going to kill us. He's going to kill me while I sleep. Very, very likely. <laughs> I got it coming.